From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of The Car Debate. Thank you guys for listening in. We're thrilled to have you with us. Thanks for all of you that are writing to us with either your car debates or your recommendations for things to talk about. You too can do that. If you're wondering, TV at gmail is our email address. You can send those to us. Yeah. We are reading them all. We're trying to organize them so we don't cover the same cars every week. So if you wrote in about a car we've talked about a couple of times, <coughs> FRS, then uh, we probably aren't, or, <coughs> uh, WRX, we might yes, not get ST. to yours because we've covered those cars. Exactly. And hopefully but, we're getting um, to you before you buy the, your next car. Hopefully we're, you know, there's not too mm-hmm. much lag time before you write in to the time you were, you actually need to buy the car. So anyway, yes. But it, but if you Thank wrote you. in and you, and you asked for one of those cars we've covered a lot, then we would refer you to those podcasts. Thank you for listening not only to our new ones but to our backlog Tonight we're back with two more car debates. We've got Aaron, who's writing to us uh, from Michigan. He's 21 and currently without a car, so he's looking for what can he get. He's had a Mustang, now he's looking for more things. That's interesting. Also, we have Scott, who's writing, he says, from the Ozarks. Hmm. I don't know if that means Arkansas. I don't know if that means Missouri. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's but unclear. But that part of the country, so okay, he's actually got quite a garage already, but he's looking for a small agile car and he's got some good money to spend so we want to talk about scott's uh car debate as well but first let's discuss a little bit uh, i'm very curious from you especially paul about the geneva auto show yeah i I, well a notable that stood out i of course gravitated towards porsche and that came in gt4 that came out Mm. i'm seeing things about even hotter came in gt4 an rs model and now they've got the gt3 rs and you know how much we loved driving that car for our for the show, for the yeah, uh, in the fifty years 50 of nine eleven. Well, we even did it one better. It was the GT three RS four O, the one of six hundred. Yeah. And uh, and look, everybody knows I respect Porsche. I don't love Porsche. I love the GT three RS four <laughs> I have to go ahead and acknowledge it. That is that is one yeah. where yes, beg, borrow, steal to have one of those cars. I never will because they're so limited edition. They're the last of the six speeds. Won't have one. However. You want your manual GT, you know, your GT3 style thing from Porsche. Now you can go Cayman, the GT4. Yeah. And frankly, I like that body, uh, that, that chassis so much and that balance so much. I personally think I'd go Cayman GT4 over a Porsche GT3. I, I mean, anything that you buy, of course, I'm, I am blown away by that mm-hmm. new GT3 RS. That is, I'm oh, sold. Yeah. Of course, they could, you know, give me a coffee mug with Porsche written on it and I'm sold, but... You know, you, you, just, that's true of you, actually. You have saying. a r- remarkable amount of Porsche branding <laughs> that you own. It's kind of frightening. Well, yeah. I, I but, just, but that you know Cayman what? GT4 is really a huge consideration, though. I mean, oh, it's, it's expensive, so sexy. no doubt. It's so sexy. But that man. that's going to be well. That's that's your that's your your six speed manual GT. Uh, that's oh, that car is awesome. I do have to say yeah. though, the GT3 RS, they took a hacksaw to it. I can't believe the number of vents and 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 and. Well, you know, yeah. All the louvers in it. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, actually. I think that front fender vent on the new GT3 RS is sexy. 
The yeah, fact that it's they, got they that trailing well. edge down the fender, that trailing edge is what makes it work for me. If it was just, I know this sounds weird. If it were, and I look, I'm not the styling guy, but if if this were just kind of a box vent, there, I'd be like, well, that's a weird vent, even though I know it has use. <laughs> yeah, right. But right. that trailing edge makes that vent sexy. It's weird to say that, but it does for me. I'm looking at the photo of that right now. It just, yeah, just conceptually it really works and this is production i think what we're looking at right here is production mm -hmm. and oh, just yeah. i think so you know i think you so compare yeah. stats and numbers mm -hmm. and that kind of thing but you know the driving and that's where it's going to be that's going to be the delightful part of that car the the and, uh, the, the 911 gt3 is a is a driver's nirvana it just is and yeah, and that yeah, and that the thing is this new GT3 RS is very similar to the stats of that 4.0 we drove. It's going to be spectacular to drive. Even <laughs> though it's got the PDK, it's not going to matter. It's going to be unbelievable what is this thing. I can I can envision it without even having driven it. I wow. But the GT4, could, man, oh. <laughs> the GT4. I mean, here I I could keep talking about Porsche all day long. We should but there were on. a lot yes. of other things there too. I mean, all of which were crazy. They were crazy. Well, uh, Audi came up with the revised, uh, updated R8, that mm -hmm. uh, yep. that side blade that I don't know why people call, called it controversial, honestly. I, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I mean, I was, again, sold from the very beginning. But uh, that is gone, and uh, a little bit more revised bodywork. The sheet metal is Quite a bit more creased. And creased and refreshed, certainly. The front end on those cars, they've gone to a uh, just a sharper-looking mm -hmm. headlight style, uh, you know, whatever those you know, DRLs, You know what it feels the, like uh, to me? Daytime running lights. You know what uh, it feels like to me? The new R8 feels like the R8 restyled by the folks at Cadillac. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I just feel like no, they took the you. R8, which was very smooth, and I really liked the smooth lines of that R8, and it's become very creased. It's got a lot of corners on it now. It's got a lot more of a, the, the back end is almost a box. It's almost a rectangle. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I expect I'm going to end up loving it in person. I have to say when the original R8 came out, I loved it, and I wasn't sure about the side blades. Over time... I fell in love with them because they are the defining thing of that car. And I'm kind of sad mm -hmm. to see them cut mm -hmm. in half. This new styling feels, like I say, very angular. It feels very Cadillac to me. certainly. But I expect, I, you know, I expect when I see it in person, I'm going to love it. I just, I, I personally kind of miss the side blade. I know that sounds weird. No, I can see that. And I definitely take that uh, as a compliment. Cadillac is doing some fantastic stuff, stylistically speaking. I mean, they're, they're building great cars, like cars mm -hmm. that you and I both like. Yeah, and true, true, true. from a style standpoint, they're doing great stuff. And their design team, really, they've got some fantastically talented designers and design management there. And that's absolutely a compliment. You know, you'd think uh, you've got to throw away all the old rules, you know, mm. as, yeah, as far I as American cars and American styling. All, all four of the American car companies have incredibly talented designers and car people. They're yeah, really are car people on staff. Whether they you know own that model, you know whether they can drive what they design or not, they're Fair. really Fair. passionate, and you can see that come through. And so, I was I just surprised. 
I was just surprised at how angular the R8 became, and it made me realize, I know this sounds strange, but seeing the new one made me realize how flowing the prior design was. And I'm a guy that generally sure. likes flowing lines. I mean, look at the cars that I love. You know, the Lotus Elise is a great example. I'm not a guy that likes angular. I t- even if I, if I respect it, I'm typically the guy that likes flowing. And I'm wondering over time how that new R8 is going to look. But I can't wait to see one in person. I bet it's going to be sexy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much, so many new things there, I, I felt like. It, it wasn't just a rehash of, you know, a lot of existing models. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, just a lot of examples of... of Various cars, some we don't get, like that Civic Type R, that Honda Civic yes. that is just bonkers. Just uh, well, I, That's the thing. Anytime Honda has done a Civic Type R, it has looked like some sort of Moonlander. It's so nuts. <laughs> yeah, it and we've never ship, had them here. Sure. And, I, and, I, and I have to wonder, why don't we get that here? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Would I buy it? No. I would never buy a car that looks like that. But I, I kind of want that to be on the market here, though. I have to think it has to have a. I mean, come on, if you can yeah, sell, if you can I sell can Scions it. and you can sell the Nissan Juke, you could sell a Civic Type R here. That 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 buyer has to be here. Why don't we get that car? I, that's what I think every time I see a Type R. Oh, I agree. I I feel like the uh, the cars that we've driven. I mean, just recently, the new Volkswagen Golf R and the Subaru STI. These are hot mm-hmm. cars, and you think, all right, well, yeah. what from you know, where are the other players? Where are the yeah. other entries into, you know, this fun driving enthusiast thing? Really high strung, you know, all wheel drive, front wheel drive, whatever that is, just high that, strung that cars 30, that are that thirty grand hair on fire range where right. yeah, Honda doesn't exist there. You're right. That's an interesting point. I take your point there, yeah. And you you can't claim that they don't make those models. They just don't bring them to the US. I wish they did because yeah. I do think there'd be a market here. There'd there'd be a huge enthusiast market that could support that. Yeah, I guess it's just a business case, you know, business Seriously. decision. And uh you gotta wonder why, because you'd think this would be a huge market for that. But yeah. what can yeah, we yeah. do? And then, we can only you, admire from afar. You mentioned to me, we don't normally talk about concepts a lot, but there's a couple we should talk about because they are so nuts. You mentioned to me the Nissan Sway and, and you're mm. in, you being intrigued by that from a design standpoint. I'm looking at it. I, I, I kind of see what you're saying, but, but what's striking you here? I, you know, not that it's a supercar or you know, something notable from a drivetrain perspective, but what I've seen from Nissan you know, currently and, and just in the recent past I haven't been convinced by the styling. I haven't been blown away. And it's not until the new 2015 and subsequent models, and then here this Nissan Sway concept comes out. I'm really intrigued by the proportions. I'm intrigued Mm -hmm. by undercuts. And there's some very aggressive styling on this car. Almost almost too much for the size and scale of what this car is. There's a lot of lines, yep. I'm liking that it's setting a different tone for Nissan because Mm -hmm. I feel like they've Mm -hmm. been, personally, I feel like they've been kind of going in the wrong direction. They've been really trying to refine something that isn't working. Mm. And this, to me, is, it feels fresh. It feels like a different direction for them. They've kind of abandoned what they were trying to, you know, beat that drum and you know, hmm. I'm talking about the double-pronged headlight designs. I'm talking about just sharp, fussy things that just don't seem necessary. This feels a lot more cohesive to me. Hmm. and feels like okay. a design okay. direction that they can land most of their models around. You know, from a from a whole well, family, got, they've kind of arrived yeah. at a look for Nissan. It's got those you know? big flowing fenders that I feel like the Juke has got. And I feel like the current Infinity line has got, where it's got mm-hmm. both the front and rear fenders have got an arc. They've got a flow to them. 
it would be interesting to see that kind of echo its way through the whole Nissan lineup without doing things like you know the catfish prongs that you're talking about on the, some of the lights or on the like right. the catfish prongs that were right. on the 370 for a while. You're right, they had little weird things like that. Just this is a different details, feel. You know? It would be interesting to see if this were a new design direction. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take I'll take your word for it on that. That's interesting. I'm just I'm intrigued by it. I like what they're doing. I, I encourage mm-hmm, more of that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see this, and it's like, um, you know, for a while Kia had not found their voice stylistically yeah, or their yeah. their brand. Now you see Kias and you go, yeah, that's that's that. That's a Kia. Feel. Yeah, it has, it has like a look. And BMW it... has kidney shaped grills mm-hmm. and that classic yeah. thing. It will always yeah, yeah, yeah. have. I see. You can pick it out. This is what that feels like. It feels like the mm. beginning of that for Nissan mm. to me, which Interesting. I like. Okay. Now, there, there was this other concept that you mentioned to me, and this is uh, more bonkers craziness from our Swedish friends. That this oh, this is, like a, Regera, Regera, this is a, this is a good place one. to end. You're right. This is a good place to end our discussion <laughs> of the Geneva Auto Show because this stats, is – I'm shaking my head. This is a weird throwdown of a car. Here, you know what? You know the thought I had, and, and this is going to follow me through this whole thought here. This is going to sound like an insult when I start it, but I don't mean it to. Okay. Christian von, so- von Koenigsegg, to me, he's what Vector wanted to be. I it's, can see that. It's, he's it's done drop it right, on the, It's he, drop he it on right. the market with this listing of here's what this car is going to be, and everybody goes, you're going to do what now? The difference is that Christian <laughs> follows through with it, and the car shows up. I mean, anybody right. but Koenigsegg shows up with this concept. Anybody but Koenigsegg shows up with this concept, and everybody goes, Oh, nice vaporware. Thanks for bringing it. In the case yeah. of Christian, I kind of shake my head because I go, oh, my gosh, he's really built this. This is actually going to work. I mean, he probably will make six of them, honestly. But 1,500 horsepower, 1,500 pound-feet of torque, this is Koenigsegg's throwdown. It's, it's based on the Agira. You know, they made the Agira and the Agira R. It's based right, on that, right. so it's like the Regira. But it's based on that. I love the styling. I've always found the Koenigsegg styling to be almost sexy enough. This, I think, is gorgeous. You know, and, I've thought about uh, the Bugatti Veyron, you know, as, as a mm-hmm. car at the top of the automotive heap of, of just excess. And people asked, okay, after that car came out, what's next in terms yeah. of yeah. just bonkers? You cannot believe the stats of this car and... How are they going to make extract mm. more power mm-hmm. out of an engine, mm-hmm. out of an already, you know, quad turbocharged engine? How much <laughs> more power can you extract out of a, a gasoline engine? And here it is. It's not going to be gasoline. The next it's this level hybrid thing. Yeah, is yeah, this yeah. hybrid thing. It's electric power. It's and, this dual motor you know, idea. Yeah. We know yeah. there's just bonkers power coming out of electric motors. That's where the next level is coming for supercars. And it's that combination of I a like turbocharged that. big engine with a lot of electric motors. I mean, this this Regira's got apparently three electric motors, one on each rear wheel and one at the back, essentially at the drive shaft of the engine. So it's direct drive. It's no transmission, 1,500 horsepower, 1,500 pound-feet of torque. This is like... Uh, it's like sci-fi stuff, and if it, I'm telling you, if it was anybody but Koenigsegg, I'd go, "Thank you for playing." But with Koenigsegg, Man. I'm like, "You're really gonna build this, aren't you?" I'm just, I'm shaking my head in wonder at it because if he brought it, it's probably gonna exist, and it's, it's simply insane. <laughs> just, 
I'm amazed by this recipe, and you know mm -hmm. he's going to do it. You know people yeah. are going to buy it. Yeah, and what of I course. like a of lot course. is that the uh, sort of the big three of automotive supercars, McLaren, mm -hmm. Porsche, and Ferrari, they've already thrown down. They've thrown the gauntlet with their cars and their entries. Yeah. And yeah. just because you're late to the game doesn't mean you're last. In a lot yeah. of cases, you're right. It you're means right. You're watching what they're doing and whatever mistakes they've made. You know, and then you try to do it better. They're few. They're very yeah. few. Yeah. But then you note, okay, well that recipe is kind of working. But you know what we could do better is this. And so he's last or late to the game, but with this. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be really interesting to see if anybody gets the chance to throw it at, at the other guys and see how it how it falls. But you yeah. know that so so we should probably wrap up Geneva. It was crazy. I kind of wish we'd been there. Normally, I see the the European auto shows and I think that ah, was kind of fun, but I don't care to have been there. This one seems like it was this so much. I kind of wish we'd been there, but we really <laughs> we probably should close down and move on. All right, so let's jump right into the car debates. We've got Aaron, as you were talking about at the top of the podcast here. We've got Aaron from Michigan, and he is 21 without a car, so he needs a car at mm -hmm. some point here. Yep. He's kind of waiting for winter to end. He's kind of waiting to save up until springtime, and he's had a, yeah. a few yeah. different cars. And his price point here is the 15000 to 22000 range. Mm -hmm. He's not at all interested in automatics, so looking for a manual, preferably rear-wheel drive car. And what Yay. I love here is he has had a Mustang GT – and he had winter tires on it, so he was fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So rear-wheel drive yep. from Michigan, yes, it's an option year-round. I love yep. that about this. And uh, Bravo I, for you, Aaron, honestly. Yeah, this is great. So Aaron's got quite a car history here as well. He's had that Mustang GT, as we said. He had a Subaru mm -hmm. WRX. Uh, well, no, those are the cars he's considering. He, he had no, a, no, no. Um, a Mustang GT. Um, had an 01 Oldsmobile Alero. That was kind of a uh -huh. funky car there. I um, Very, very. Never actually drove one, but kind of funky styling there. And then also, I'm sorry, he had an 04 Pontiac Grand Prix GTP for a little while until the engine blew. The engine let go, and so, yeah. Yep. Now back to nothing. And uh, I mean, and, you know, those cars were actually, that, that generation of Grand Prix was actually more fun to drive than you might think. Uh, the GTP version was actually kind of cool, but it is a front-wheel drive car, and it is, you know, yeah, uh, pre-bailout GM, which has got its, you know, bulbous Pontiac gauges and buttons and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not, not a great era, but, of course, it's the ending era for Pontiac almost. But what's interesting about his car history is it's all American iron. So we're talking about too. 15 to 22 grand. Let's find something for Aaron. What are you thinking here? I like the Subaru WRX idea, of course. We recommend it mm -hmm. highly all the time, and we can kind of leave it at that. It would work great for Michigan. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought you could for find that, one for um, sure. I thought for that price range, there could be the BRZ, FRS or BRZ in there as well. Get Put uh, winter yeah. tires on that. But yeah. neither of those ideas are really striking me as kind of yes, until I landed on this one. Are you ready? Uh oh that is. I, I don't know that I am with that intro. Buckle your seatbelt, baby, because uh, okay. no, it, right. it's well, not. What, the, what are we doing? It's not that far out there. It really. Okay. I, you know, reading through everything, I thought, what could be fun? He, uh, one of his requirements here is back seats. It's got to be mm -hmm. his daily driver, but it's got to get good, yep. good gas mileage as well. Reliable and cheap to maintain. There's only mm -hmm. one car I could think of. It's okay. The Hyundai Genesis Coupe. 
And if you get the 2010, mm. you can get the two-liter turbo. Yes, when it came out in 2009, it, uh, it had that 3.8-liter V6, which we drove and liked. But then mm -hmm. I think starting with 2010, they added the two-liter turbo, which means your gas mileage go up, you got the turbo fun, and yeah. rear-wheel drive, manual, I back seats. I prefer the V6 in that, though, honestly. Do you really? I, I, oh, yeah, I do. I definitely prefer the V6. But you're right. But that's a great recommendation. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great recommendation. That's the only thing I could think of, of with, money, his, uh, with his requirements. The first gen... The first gen Genesis Coupe. Yeah. You know what? I hadn't even thought of that. That's. I think that's excellent. I was not expecting you to go there, but what's interesting is you thought of that, and I thought of the competitor, or the inspiration, I should say, the Infiniti G thirty seven Coupe was what I thought. Oh, of. So good. So the, the that's the straight compare. I mean, you can actually find our uh, first gen three point eight liter V six Hyundai Genesis versus the Infiniti G thirty seven Coupe. We have that review done already. Honestly, with twenty two grand, you could get into either one of those. I like them both; they're really interesting. That's funny. I keep I never it it never occurs to me to think the Infinity brand, obviously, because of how it's positioned in the market. I never think that the used yeah. Infinities, especially you know mid two thousands, have dropped in price enough yeah. where you can get into them for a decent price. It mm -hmm. never, you know, you got to go shopping and go. Oh yeah, Infinity, right? You can get into those now. The price has dropped yeah, enough. Yeah, you really can. You really That's can. Interesting. So I but. But either of those, I mean, it's almost like which one do you prefer the styling of because they are so inspired by each other. Right. And yes, right. the Hyundai is, is a cheaper variation of the G37 Coupe, but that's a good idea. I like that Genesis Coupe idea a lot. That's funny because if you don't think of a car, I probably will. And if I can't think of it, you probably will. I like that. Well, hopefully. That, that Let's see if that happens. And then, of course, there are those times when we're both boneheads and don't think of a car that's obvious, which may happen here. Who knows? But I have, I have <laughs> like two <some>. others. Actually, <laughs> three. Exactly. I have two. Yeah. Listen to our last podcast as we talk about forgotten sobs. Anyway, but but I have to, I have a couple others for Aaron. You know, All right. I, I kept thinking about, okay, he has an American car history, and he's living in Michigan. He said, should I get another Mustang? You certainly could. 2011 and up Mustang GT would be fun. It would be a nice upgrade to the 2000 you had before. You could certainly do that. That's not worth ignoring. It's actually worth including in your discussion. But you know what you could also do hmm. is the Camaro SS. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, look, it's not... And, and this isn't. This is true of the of the Mustang too. It's not an amazing handling car, and of course the Camaro SS. It has visibility issues. It just does. Watch our original review of the SS versus the uh, the Mustang <laughs> is actually in this generation. Yeah, I like the Camaro SS quite a bit actually. That that base version. I like the attitude of it. I like a lot about it. It is a flawed car. It just is. Sure, it's a but styling exercise. It's interesting. It's gotten better it's interesting over time. Though. You know that. Yeah, it's definitely well, yeah. I mean, they, as they finally figured out how to how to uh, refine the the handling, and of course the Z28 is a, a giant killer. It's an amazing car, and yeah. some of that tech oh, yeah. has trickled down. But you can get honestly with with twenty grand, Aaron. You have options of Camaro SSs, and of course Mustang GTs. You could get either one. So I think those are interesting. If those aren't big enough for you in back seats, be it Mustang GT or Camaro SS, two others I thought of. Okay. The forgotten cars because the brand is dead. Pontiac GTO yeah, or Pontiac okay. G8. So GTO or G8. I mean, you could get either one of them. And, of course, by the G8, you've now got a large sedan. G8. I don't know that you want that. Yeah. But you had a huh. you had a Grand Prix, so maybe you want a large sedan. If you do, I think the G8 is worth looking at. Still an American car. You can find them. They're interesting looking. I like them a lot better than the Chevy SS in looks. 
Hmm. But you could get that. But the Pontiac GTO is 400 horsepower and cheap. Yeah, I they're mean, they're cheap. They're just cheap. They're not inexpensive. They're just flat out cheap. I you know it's funny because every time I go to Detroit, it's interesting. I see a lot more Subarus on the road and a lot more Audis, and that's just by virtue of the headquarters of both those car companies mm. now have you know headquarters in Detroit, and yeah, yeah. it's no longer a thing. Even though yeah, Aaron's you know American car guy, you know we love American cars too. It's no longer to the point where if you, you know, say, you know, back in the day, if you worked for Ford, you could only own a Ford. Or if you worked for GM, you could sure. only yeah, own yeah. a GM. I know plenty of people at GM who are Mustang guys. And there's plenty of people mm-hmm. at Ford who mm-hmm. own Corvettes. And it's no longer a thing. You're not going to get your car keyed in the parking lot anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it's just, it's not a thing anymore. That's not that's not the world. I mean, it, everybody's it branched world. out a so, lot more. And, yeah. I like the Japanese suggestions that both you and I came up with. But, you know, the American cars, of course, yeah, it's a no-brainer, especially for Detroit. But I, I like yeah. the variety that Detroit is getting now a lot more. It just used to be mm-hmm. every time you mm-hmm. go – well, for a while, it was just Fords and Jaguars because Ford owned Jag and all the executives yeah. drove the, the Jags. But so uh, the Jags, because they could ride it. Yeah, 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 of course. You know, but uh, it's, in, well, I like, it's increasing I mean, got, into the you, Japanese brands. And now Audi is there. You see Audis everywhere, which is so interesting. Yeah. But um, Well, I love that you brought up the Koreans with Hyundai. And I've got Infinity who covered the Japanese. Yeah. I think we've done his his requirements. But I'm very curious, Aaron, to hear what strikes you out of that discussion. Hopefully something there has been helpful. We should move on. To Scott, who's writing to us from the Ozarks, he has an interesting garage. This is pretty cool. He's he's got he's kind of all over the map in terms of car ownership, but he is open. Mm-hmm. Did you get that out of his email? He is completely Absolutely. open with a but price range that makes a lot of he's got a lot of nice yeah, options in here. I've Scott got has so 60, many suggestions. <laughs> well, it's frightening. Scott has sixty grand to spend, which is awesome. Yeah, this is he's pretty nice. 20 cars. At the at the ripe old age of almost 30, he's owned 20 cars already. So, well, um, I am officially amazing. jealous, and kudos to you, Scott. But here's the thing. Right now in his garage, he has a Toyota Land Cruiser and a 2012 Shelby. Did you read between the lines here? 2012 Shelby GT500 tuned to 800 <laughs> horsepower. I've not driven a car that has 800 horsepower. I'm not sure what you do with it. Except for straight line well, I mean, speed, but, which is what he says. But he, he acknowledges here. Yes. Loves it for the straight line speed. This is not an agile car. So he's going, no. all right, I've got the Land Cruiser do-it-all utility yep. thing that will not die. Not that he wants it to, but he just it's his bomb-around-in car. Yep. He's got his Shelby with 800 tire shredding, you've got to be kidding me, let's go in a straight line at lightning <laughs> speed car. And now he's going, all right, guys. What about something small, light, and agile? And Scott, I love that you're varying what you've got that much. With sixty grand to spend, this is going to be fun. This is cool. Well, again, Scott says he's open to any car brand, and he's mm-hmm. wide open to the suggestions beyond what he's listed here. And so, so far, he's thought of a Lotus Elise, mm-hmm. which you love, yeah, a Porsche Cayman oh, S, yeah. which I love, or a yep. used nine eleven. Which all which are great suggestions. He he said he doesn't have a whole lot of experience with these cars. Again, his background has pr- predominantly been Japan domestic cars or just straight up muscle cars. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I I pretended I had sixty grand in my pocket and I went Uh-oh. strolling through the internet of cars and that is a frightening frightening <laughs> intro right there. We're gonna I be am, here a long time. I came up with a long list, some surprises on here, and I've got a Drum roll, wild card that 
it's it's very out there, but I okay. think it's interesting okay. because sixty grand, you can get a whole lot for your money now. I didn't realize oh, yeah. how far sixty grand will go towards fun cars, and all of these. They're going to, well, with the exception of one, kind of, but they're all going Uh-oh. to be very agile. They're all different engine and um, uh, engine placement, engine configurations. They're sure, all yeah, manual, yeah. and I think all of them have merits for one reason or the other. I've got four, okay. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten suggestions wow. here. How long, how long is our podcast going to be? Right. I have four. All right. But, uh, all right. but one of the things interesting about him is he said he wants manual transmission. He wants something with style that he's not going to see every weekend he takes it out. I think those are interesting side notes to this discussion. And that's why I like that he landed on Elise, Cayman, and 911. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong there. One of mine yeah. is, yes, 997, 911, buy the hottest one, hottest used one you can find for sixty grand. If you wanted, you could even go, I'm not as big a fan of this, but you could go 996 Turbo. With sixty grand, you could okay. definitely find one of those. Yeah, that's but the nine nine seven, I definitely prefer. If you watch our fifty years of nine eleven, that was one of my favorites. Spoiler alert! But uh, <laughs> that that nine eleven is yeah. I mean, that's an obvious on the list. And the Cayman is great, and the Elise is great. We've talked about those ad nauseum. I'm curious about your other recommendations. I have a couple, but you have apparently, you know, the whole Bible worth of list. So I'm very curious. I'm just I'm just shocked at how far sixty grand can go. In terms yeah, of fun yeah. sports cars. All right, so Cayman asks, yes, um, Scott, I thought you could get into the late model 987 generation, which is the one I had, or the brand mm-hmm. new generation, which we drove on mid-engines and mountains alongside the Alfa Romeo 4C, which actually is another contender yep. in the 60 grand range. I had the 4C on oh, there. Oh, I mean, wow. I, I don't know. The problem, with the problem with the 60 grand on the 4C is, yes, officially you can get an Alfa 4C, Scott, you would not see yourself again. It would be you would be the only one around. It would be crazy fun to drive. It is the Lotus Elise, but made a little more usable. Now, I I don't yeah. like the handling as much as the Elise, but it is a great car to drive. The problem with sixty grand in the four C is this: I am confident that any dealer that's got one has got a waiting list yeah. and is charging above sticker. If you can find somebody with one and you say I've got sixty grand and I'm serious, yes, buy that car. But hmm. I don't know that you're going to find it at sixty grand, even though that's the MSRP you should be able to get one for that. Well, he said he could go possibly a little higher if needed. Well, Scott, mm-hmm. you might need to because how about a Corvette C7 with a Z51 package? The car we drove Agreed. brand new was sixty-two, yep. sixty-three grand, brand new. Yep. Yep. Don't laugh, don't snort milk out your nose before you actually try and go drive this car. You you might think I've never been a Corvette guy. Neither Todd or I are Corvette people. No, that's that's Go worth it. Drive that that's car. That's worth it. Because yeah. he's looking for something that is a bit of style, manual transmission. It could be road trip, but it's going to be agile handling. That car surprised us both. You could get a brand new C7 Corvette. How that amazing car would on that a back be? road. Yes, that car on a back road will genuinely surprise you, and it yeah, will take will. some time. To learn it well enough to find the edges because they are high. That is a genuine world-class yeah. sports car. And I, yeah. I I say that as a guy that has always looked at Corvettes as cars for someone else to buy. And the C7 right. is one of those where I'm like, huh, yeah. if I had the money. And, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But I, and <laughs> I'm not even talking. We're not talking Z06. We're not talking Z06, folks. We're talking the base Corvette with the Z51 package and done. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you said Z06 because I found an 08 Corvette Z06 for fifty grand. 
that could be a yeah. contender too if you wanted to the go C6, back to yeah. the C6. I see that. Uh, yeah. Also, I love the BMW E90 M3. Those are not nearly sixty grand. You could get that's you know a lot of fun. Yeah, but lovely uh, V8. It's, it's fun, but great that's not that's handling. not agile enough for this discussion. I don't Possibly feel like not. Yeah, they're great handling, but Possibly I don't think not. that's small and agile enough for our discussion. But okay. keep going. All right, how about an, a two thousand three Acura NSX? Forty thousand miles for only sixty-one thousand dollars. What do you say, Scott? Ooh. <laughs> now that okay, all right, yep, yep. What do you think? That about is that? a unique animal. I think that's a great call. I think Scott would thoroughly enjoy that. That's going to run like crazy. That is unique, and that is yeah. That's in that same category. What we're talking about. That's the Elise, the Cayman. It's in that world. Yeah, it is. But it has that timelessness about it. That I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great call. I like the NSX a lot. And and that's a you know one of the last of the uh, production run up to oh four oh five somewhere in there. So it'd be yeah, it'd yeah. be fantastic. All right, this mm-hmm. next car, I I think you're gonna like this one too. How about a 2012 Lotus Avora S with only 9,000 miles for 65 grand? Okay, jerk, you took my other one on my list for Scott. Yes. Oh, yeah. Lotus Avora. Honestly, (laughs) look at the Elise, Scott, because that is kind of a handling benchmark in many, many ways. It's worth it. But that is a bare bones car. I think for your money for 60K, look at the Avora. Really take a hard look at that car. Now, somebody wrote into us when we did our enthusiast cars in every brand thing and wrote into us and said, the reason those cars have dropped off a cliff in resale value is because the clutch costs ten grand. Now, oh. you get a clutch replacement, yes, it might cost you ten grand. That happens to be the weird, you know, lightning bolt moment in that car where you just it's hard to get a clutch done cheaply in that car. But by and large, otherwise, if you search around for what those cars are like, you're going to have to replace a clutch in any car, hopefully yeah. not for ten grand. But yeah. but here's the thing. This is not one of those those older Ferraris where you take the engine out to do everything. It's not that case. With the exception of this clutch problem, which is kind of a known reality of, wow, why is that so expensive? The reason people are shocked is because most everything else in the Evora is kind of normal, mm-hmm. is kind of, I, I say this in quotes, kind of affordable for in sports car world. So and it is a reliable car by and large. There, you know, certainly it's not you know the mass produced everything is fine tuned thing of the Porsche Cayman. Sure, but it is a much more usable car than a Lotus Elise. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could find an S, look, I've driven the base version and the S version of the Avora. If you can find an S, go for the S. If you can't, still a great car. I think the Avora is a fantastic option. I I found the S. I, I mean I I found the car. It's black on black. I. That could be something else. And if Scott would like to buy that for me, I can give him my address. <laughs> you know, about the uh, the $10,000 clutch change, at this price level and up, it's hard to find any car that doesn't have some sort of Achilles heel of, you know what, the, yeah, you know, the problem with that point. car is blank. Any car like yeah. this that we're starting to talk about, it's going to take money for maintenance. Scott knows that. Everybody knows well, that. And it's, and it's going to have that weird random that thing where thing. it's like, Wow, why is that thing so expensive? And on right. the war, it happens to be the clutch. Right. All right, I've got a couple left here. And this this okay. next one leans more towards Scott's uh, comment about something with a bit of style that he's not going to see on the road every weekend. It might not okay. be as agile, but that is an 07 Aston Martin Vantage for 61 k I knew you'd go there. 
I knew you'd go there. That is style. Incredible car. Luscious sound. Incredible car. Yeah. It's more towards style. It's more towards than the it style. Is toward agile. It just is. It is. But yep. yes, interesting. And my concern for Scott is, honestly, I think owning an Aston Martin Vantage for cheap is going to make the Lotus Evora look like a Toyota Camry as far as maintenance is concerned. Well, it is a that's going to be a car that is unfortunately, yeah, there you go. That's a car <laughs> that's going to be unfortunately expensive to keep running, I suspect. I so agree. I would be aware and, and concerned about that. That's that's just an out there kind of more style yeah. And, yeah. and not see yourself coming and going than anything else. But my wild card, drumroll please, this is, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you, are, I don't think you're ready for this. I'm concerned, but keep going. I uh, I wondered if you could get a Ferrari for sixty grand, and I'm right. You can find a nineteen ninety nine Ferrari three sixty yeah. mode in a six speed for sixty four thousand dollars. You you can. I you found can, five of them for sale in the sixty price for I sixty have, grand. Price I have range. no doubt. That now. is the place where Scott needs to hang onto the desk and brace <laughs> himself for maintenance cost. Yes. Oh yes. Yes, you could have a Ferrari. Just brace yourself. And I'm not saying don't, but I am saying just be advised. Sure. Because now sure, we sure. are into, okay, and I own a Ferrari, and that's what that costs. Of course. And none of these that I found were, you know, beat down. I got to get rid of it because, you know, the 30,000 oh, sure. mile sure, sure. services do. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. They were well serviced. And of course, you're going to open your wallet for the service on these. But I just thought, mm-hmm. of course, you know, I, I, I question. If you're uh, if you don't aspire to Ferrari ownership or just try to want to drive a Ferrari <laughs> at some point in your life, I question whether you're a car person or not because everybody thinks Ferrari. I you know just dreaming even to entertain that for a mm. fleeting second, owning Ferrari is quite an accomplishment in life. And I thought it's one of those it's one of those grand? life experience moments for an enthusiast. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yes, you could. Again, the trade-off is. Of any of these cars, it'll make any of these cars look like a Honda Accord in terms of reliability. However, <laughs> just the fact that they're in sniffing distance of fifty grand or sixty grand, yeah, yeah, I hear just, you. It, it makes me go, wow. It makes you intrigued. I I'm, see that. I'm I intrigued that. all day long about that. How could you do it? How could you make the budget work? I I don't know. It just depends on who you are and and uh, what your uh, your stomach for maintenance is, but that's my I, huge. I kind of feel guy. like some of our others are actually more agile than that too. But but interesting. They I, are. Okay, they that's are. that's worth considering. That's I, I do there. take your point there. It's we should there. probably move on because apparently we've spent Scott's sixty grand about fifteen different ways. Yeah, so we have. Scott, let us know what you wind up with, and uh, and anybody else listening, if you would like to hear us talk about whatever your cars you're debating hey send us that email at everydaydrivertv at gmail don't forget the tv it's everydaydrivertv at gmail everydaydriver at gmail that's not us i don't know where that goes so i'm just letting you know that <laughs> otherwise you Funny. can send us other ideas for uh, things to talk about on the car debate anything that is car related we're happy to discuss it you've had some great cr- questions come up our whole enthusiast cars from every brand discussion that was you guys that was one of you writing yeah. that idea yeah. and we love doing that and you guys enjoyed it so other ideas we want to hear them hey don't forget to rate this podcast rate all of our podcasts if you're working your way up and you finally get to this one keep rating and reviewing that really helps us out rate and review our films online we do one film a year the prior two have been 50 years of the 911 and mid engines and mountains we talked a little bit about that with the Lotus yep. Elise, the Alfa Romeo 4C, and the Porsche Cayman. Rate mm-hmm. review those. Check us out on uh, Vimeo On Demand. You can get those on Amazon Blu-ray. And uh, 
find us on YouTube. Mainly, we're, we're here for videos. Please. So please watch our videos. Leave comments. We try to get through everything. We read them all, and uh, we love we your do. suggestions. So thanks for watching, and thanks for listening.